The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics. Love and sex. Handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Coming up in the program, it is our Vagina Dialogues panel back in studio. We're going to talk about stuff you should never put in your vagina and some of the popular vagina trends and what our panelists have to say about that. Joining us will be uh, Laura Schaefer. She's a pelvic floor physiotherapist as well as uh, Dr. Jacqueline Madar, an OBGYN at uh, the Jewish General Hospital. But first... Uh... Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. Before uh, the beginning of every show, I'd like to answer some of your questions, just run-of-the-mill sex and relationship questions that I will get to. You can send them to me anytime during the week. Just uh, send me an email, laurie at drlaurie.com. Uh, here's one. Uh, Hi, Dr. Laurie. I've been with my boyfriend for over two years, and we've never had sex he has anxiety issues that prevents him from performing, so his doctor prescribed him Viagra. The thing is, he feels like Viagra is only for old people. He's only in his early 30s. I've bought a penis pump to help, and he refuses to use it. I love him to the point where I'm putting my sexual needs aside. I am out of ideas and would love for us to finally have sex. Help. So performance anxiety is really quite common in men. I mean, at least in my office, I see a lot of men, a lot of young men, often under 30, under 40, who have no medical reason for having erectile problems except for the fact that they're uh, very anxious, which you have to get to the bottom of that. It's We've got to figure out where that anxiety is coming from. What are the thoughts uh, that are interfering in, uh, it's like the, the thoughts, these anxious thoughts or the fears cut off the signal to the penis. So there will not be an erection. That's part of the problem. So you need to get to the bottom of that. The reason why we sometimes prescribe or doctors prescribe Viagra or any of the other pills is to give a boost to the confidence, basically, to say, look, it may not be a physical problem, but here, if you take this, you'll get an erection, and then the guy worries far less about it, uh, and 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 the lack of worry will then have create the, the, the erection, and it will be possible. So he's going to have to get past this whole idea of that, that that's just for old people, and I think there's a, there's got to be some confidence, self-esteem issues or something. When you keep bringing it up or when you bring that up, he probably feels more pressure and, and such. But you've got to get to the bottom of this, and it needs to be dealt with. Two years being with someone where you've never had sex with them, and this is something that you're looking for. If you weren't looking for it, that's fine. Like if you get into a relationship with someone who is not sexual and you're not sexual, okay, that that's fine. You don't have to go and, and see help for uh, or treatment for any of that stuff but when you somebody is distressed by it absolutely and in here I, I definitely hear your distress so the first thing I usually recommend for couples where uh, there's performance anxiety is not to give up uh, sexuality but to give up intercourse so take away the pressure that uh, intercourse will happen so if 
for example, you, you can spend time just touching and stimulating and, and, uh, caressing and all of that, but no intercourse allowed. So the person who has the anxiety isn't thinking that, oh no, if I start, if I start this, she's going to expect more. I'm going to have to perform. I'm going to have to do this. And then there goes that cycle of thoughts, those anxious thoughts that then kick in the erectile uh, dysfunction. So that would be where to start. Like go off of expecting anything, but don't, like the part that's missing here is that for a lot of couples where one person has performance anxiety, they stop all forms of sexual connection or intimacy. So less affection, less cuddling, less touching, all of that because there's a fear of triggering the anxiety in the other person or the fear that, uh-oh, if I uh, if I'm caress my partner, she might think that I want more or she's going to ask for more and I'm going to be disappointing her and I don't want to disappoint her. Therefore, I'm going to avoid it at all costs. And then you get into a situation where the two people feel uh, quite disconnected and uh, and then it creates a problem and a, a cycle of frustration and resentment and all of that. So important that it has to be addressed and you have to be able to say to him, look, I would like us to have a sex, a sex life, so uh, you need to do something about this. And, uh, give him references if you tell, tell him to call me. I'd be happy to uh, see him or refer him to someone who could help him, but insist upon it that this is something that you just want to figure it out, like one way or the other. You, it's not that you don't love him. It's not that you wouldn't stay with him if you could never have sex. Maybe you would. Uh, and he needs to maybe feel that safety, but you should have, and it would be nice to have, a, uh, a, a sex life, especially since you're there feeling really, uh, frustrated, but it is quite common. I have to say, uh, another text that says I went out with a girl once that had a clit ring. So a clitoris ring, and I was shocked that it hurt her every time. Even if I even came close to playing with it orally, it made me wonder why she got the stupid thing. I wish I could answer you as to why people do this. P- men get penis rings. They're called Prince Alberts. They're these studs that are uh, pierce the penis. Women get clitoral rings. Some women say that it enhances pleasure. Some women say that nipple rings. Men say that nipple rings also uh, enhance pleasure. But uh, frankly, if something is causing pain, it doesn't belong there. In my books, doesn't belong there if it's going to cause you pain. If it enhances your pleasure and it's okay with you, then that's a whole other, uh, that's a whole other story. Uh, I'm 48 years old. I grew up in a very strict household and wasn't allowed to date. This threw off my timeline. I think I was a virgin until I was 26 and I've only been with two men, one of which is my husband who I've been married to for 16 years. I'm very inexperienced when it comes to sex and in brackets and picking a man of those years. We probably had sex 10 times. I went through poor health with endometriosis, but everything's been fine down there now for several years. I don't think I love my husband romantically anymore. He is completely unromantic, and he is never interested. We haven't even slept in the same bed in a decade. Am I just not meant to have sex? How can I deal with this? I'm very frustrated and alone, and I don't know where to turn. 
Uh, first of all, no one is meant not to have sex, but your problem is far deeper than lack of sex. You have a relationship issue that has to be addressed. I mean, I would ask you, what what keeps you in a relationship where you feel lonely, frustrated, and unhappy? Have you tried dealing with this by having a, a serious conversation, letting him know what your needs are? Uh, if you want your marriage to improve, you need to see a marriage therapist for this. There's no question. And if your husband refuses to go, then go on your own and explore why you are having difficulty either communicating with him or why you're continuing to stay in an unsatisfying marriage. Uh, coming up, our Vagina Dialogues panel. Send in your questions at 514-800. Anything to do with female sexual health, we are here to help. Your relationship's on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Some kind of scary. And this is what they're called. I've missed the song and I've missed you ladies. It's been a while since we've had our panel, our Vagina Dialogues panel. So excited to have you back. Uh, Dr. Jacqueline Madar back in studio and OBGYN at the Jewish General Hospital. Laura Schaefer who herself is about to pop. Uh, don't get, <laughs> let, let your waters not break not in the break. studio here. I have a lot of explaining to do tomorrow. <laughs> otherwise, uh, she's a pelvic floor physiotherapist from Capino Physio and Wellness Center. Uh, so we've got lots of uh, things I want to talk about uh, tonight. The stuff you should not put in your vagina. And by the way, just uh, give out the phone numbers. If you have questions about pelvic pain, Questions about fertility, questions about anything to do with the internal, external female sex organs or genitals, uh, you can give us a call. 514-800. That's uh, a text in or call in at 514-790-0800. Our experts in studio ready and very willing to answer your questions. All right. A lot of people put lots of things in their vaginas, don't they? They do. Yes. Why? You don't learn about this in medical school. You learn about no. it when you speak to patients. And I know, you have to keep eh? a straight face. Um, what are some of the things that you have heard? Have you heard of anything strange that people have put in their vaginas thinking that it, it's like old wives' tales, you know? It's like, oh, my mother yeah. said this would cure <clears throat> this or whatever. Yeah. Well, douches for sure. Um, yes. And so that actually we do learn um, that uh, what's in douches is actually not good for your vaginal health at all. And, um, it actually can be harmful douches even and sort of cause some breakages inside the skin and your vagina and actually increase the risk of getting certain, uh, sexually transmitted infections. You know, they still sell them, right? I know. It's crazy. I, 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 I passed by yeah. at the, at the pharmacy yeah. and I still see them on the shelf yeah, and I'm wondering with everything we know, yeah. why? Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if some women do it because they feel that, um, it's a way to be clean, um, but, uh, yeah, douches. maybe we need to repeat again how the vagina cleans itself, uh, Jackie. <laughs> well, so pretty much it sounds weird, but there's bacteria, good and bad bacteria that live in your vagina and yeast as well. And, um, and pretty much normally your vagina should have enough good bacteria in it to help protect you against infection and to keep a normal pH uh, inside the vagina. And so people end up getting yeast infections or bacterial infections when that balance becomes off. And so it really has its own sort of self-cleaning system, um, and that's done by actually the good bacteria that live in your vagina. So you don't 
to you don't you shouldn't be needing anything else to help clean it because it's going to do it sort of on its, on own. its own. Yeah, and, and there's also a myth too that uh, I've heard this that if you douche after sex, you'll kind of flush out the sperm, but the opposite actually happens. You're, yes. pu- mm. you're pushing the yes. sperm closer, yeah. Yeah, that's and right. more chance right. of getting pregnant. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So um, the, actually, the substance used in the douche can be quite irritating to the inside of the vagina and actually uh, predispose you or. Uh, make you at risk of getting uh, more infections. Right. Yeah. Something else to uh, fruits and vegetables. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I'll just use natural dildos like a cucumber. But what if a piece breaks off? Oh, my <laughs> Jackie's gosh. laughing. Have you ever so, had somebody come you know, in? I actually have not. Not a piece of fruit. But, you know, if something gets stuck inside, your vagina can sort of act like a suction, you know, and it can be really difficult to get it out, especially, you know. I've had not – I've this happened to a colleague of mine, but with an object – for an object that was stuck in the vagina and it really creates like this suction effect so it can be tough to get what was the object Um, dare i ask actually a shaving cream cap oh no yeah (laughs) so the cap got stuck and if you can imagine you know like a can of uh, men's shaving cream like the edges of it are actually can be quite sharp yes and so um there were ended up being like a laceration in the vagina and it was quite tough to get it out because it was like it was sucked in there right yeah so no do not stick any plastic up there no i think another big one too is like soap that i have not heard of women just assume that we need to use yeah yeah, soap body cleansing soap and that you put it around the opening and sometimes inside to clean no you don't have to you don't have to even i tell women just warm water on the vulva which is the external surface and around the opening is enough is enough you don't want soap because then you will get irritation dryness and that's where, yeah, women are struggling with like, why is it sore inside? Why does why is my tissues um, tender? And it's like, well, or if you're dry. putting those, or, or dry, or burning, this, burning. And the, the soap. thing is, is women who come to me with, I get a lot of women who have irritation uh, on the outside on the vulva, mm-hmm. like you said. And uh, and then what they do is a lot of these women feel like they're not clean, so they're washing themselves like three times a day. Hot water. And then I tell them like the more you wash, the worse it's getting. And they kind of look at me like, oh my god, you're telling me to wash once a day. I wash every single time I go to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to explain to them that um, you're doing damage. It's actually yeah, you're actually doing more harm than good. Absolutely. And some uh, I also heard that uh, some people think that tea tree oil somehow fights. Yeast infection. I haven't heard of that one. I've heard about yogurt mm-hmm. um, inside the yes, vagina. Yes, so some women yeah. put yogurt inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but tea tree oil, I'm not aware of it. I, but again, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. I would put, you know, when I was younger, tea tree oil on like a pimple um, and it burns. And so I feel like that couldn't be too comfortable down there. I don't know. Yeah, tea tree oil is, is, yeah. is bur- even it though it has antifungal, yeah. it has antifungal properties yeah. but they it also kills lice like you can imagine how oh, strong it yeah, is strong yeah. but you know what's funny i've had because of the whole essential oils and people using a lot of these natural oils right. i have had people mention rosemary and tea tree okay being helpful externally for conditions like vulvodynia and stuff okay. which to me is mind-blowing because it's like if you're I already like burning burn, yeah how is that burning more hmm. so again I have had a few people mention. And who said it worked? They did. I've obviously, I have no. We need to look at the research on that. Yeah. But very interesting. Yeah. But again, not inside. This is on the external surface. Yeah. Um, Certainly inside, I would never 
right. put, but maybe externally if there's a, yeah. What's interesting, this text writes, what's wrong with these women? Cucumbers, carrots, and shaving cream caps? Really? You should only know what men stick up their butts, by the oh, way. Oh, yes. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I just yes. want to say, in terms of emergency room visits and yes. what doctors have pulled out yes. of men's rectums. Yes. Uh, so there you go. And, and which also brings me to the next thing you should never put through uh, in, in your vagina is anything that has been in or around your butt. No. Yeah. yeah. That's for sure. Recipe. Yeah. Right. But for us, it's like, yeah, of course. But a lot of people don't realize that, that sex toys, penises should be cleaned before going from one, Mm -hmm. one to the other. And women in particular are a lot more at risk of getting uh, an infection or even a bladder infection because, uh, I mean, not only in the vagina, but because, the tube that connects your bladder to uh, your vulva is so short, so it's very easy for bacteria to get, to up, get in. Okay. To get in there, so right. Anyways. Important. Uh, this person writes: yeast infections can be cured through consuming cranberry juice, not in the vagina. Is that true, or is that a myth? No, that's more bladder infections. Okay, uh, not so much yeast. Okay, so yeah. you wouldn't cranberry juice wouldn't cure a yeast infection uh, unless it's something new. I'm not aware of. Um, Could I, I got so. this question? Could a person? Um, let's say, um, there was a, the woman has a yeast infection and her partner performs oral sex. Can yeast be transferred to the mouth in the same way that other STIs might be, for example? Not that this is an STI, but. I don't think so. Okay. Don't think so. I, I looked at the, well, I had looked yeah. at the research mm-hmm. also and it's, it's inconclusive yeah. as to, because people can experience thrush, but we usually yeah. associate mm-hmm. that but with typ- babies. And not only that, but typically when people get thrush or a yeast infection in their mouth, these are people who are really sick, like their immune system. Right. Like if you think of people who have like leukemia and AIDS and things like this, people with poor immune system, those are people that are going to get thrush. It's very unusual for a healthy person to get right. a yeast infection in their mouth and Unless they're very sick. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this person writes, sorry, I'm late. What's the best way to maintain clean your vaginal area? Do nothing. That's it. <laughs> Warm water. Yeah. Even if you go read uh, all the, you know, there's an international society for vulvovaginal diseases, the ISSVD, who they're actually having a conference in Montreal mm. in December. I'm very excited. Laura, you should go. I'm yes, going. Yes. Okay. Um, but uh, they say that you should really just be washing with, you know, warm water, like not even soap, just water. Right, yeah. so that's their recommendation. That's right. But yeah. this person writes, warm water alone can't possibly remove odors, and I'm speaking from experience. A little moisturizing soap like Dove works fine, and tea tree oil, like all other potent essential oils, must be diluted with water to rinse the area externally. That's true. You should never put any essential oils mm-hmm. directly on your skin, and mm-hmm. it should be uh, diluted. But again... Yes. Um, what do you think? This person says mm. warm water alone can't possibly. I mean, these are the recommendations from the experts. Right. So, yeah. um, and women that feel very uncomfortable with um, the idea of just using water, I do say, you know, if you must use soap, then use something that's sort of that's very sensitive mild skin. and pH balanced, like Dove. If it's not irritating you, yeah, me too. And I'll tell yeah. them to p- use it externally on the vulva, yeah, never not internal. Inside, yeah. But also, the thing is, women a vagina has a lot of different openings and and. The labia can be different sizes. So I always educate women, if you're just going to wash and let the water from the shower run down, that's not going to clean the odor and clean. The mm-hmm. po- you actually have you to physically get in there, get in there with, with a like, soft cloth right. or water and part the lips and the labia and clean between. And that will get the odor, yes. right? right. Yes. So if you're... Just like retracting a yeah, foreskin yeah, and totally. cleaning the inside. Yeah. So, and, I, and when I work with women and see maybe that there's some 
buildup, mm-hmm. then we make sure that we educate yeah. so they know what to do. Yeah, Cleaning your vagina. Look at that. All that we're learning tonight with our Vagina Dialogues panel. Laura Schaefer, pelvic floor physiotherapist, and Dr. Jacqueline Madar, uh, obstetrics and gynecology at the Jewish General Hospital. Uh, coming up, we'll, we'll answer some of your questions at 514-800 and also find out uh, what uh, these ladies think about popular vagina trends. There's a whole bunch. I'm sure you see some, so many in the office. Uh, that's after we check in with our newsroom here on CJD 800. Straight talk that's all inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJD 800. Well, we've had a bit of a theme around our vagina dialogues tonight, and it's all about how to keep the vagina clean and healthy. Uh, and helping us out tonight, uh, Dr. Jacqueline Madar, an obstetrician and gynecologist at the Jewish General Hospital, specializing in pain. She's the one you end up with when no one else knows what to do with you. <laughs> right? Right. The end of the line. And, and then, and working hand in hand with, uh, Laura Schaefer, who is a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Uh, from Capino Physio and Wellness Center. So uh, if you want questions answered tonight about uh, female sexual health, you can give us a call or text in at 514-800. So back to the cleaning business. Uh, text writes, a handheld shower head works best. However, as previously mentioned, without a little soap, odors will linger nonetheless, no matter how deep the water penetrates. So I don't know. It are sometimes odors... Are we sometimes too self-conscious of odors, thinking it's an odor like a bad smell versus a natural odor? I think so. Especially, I think, um, these days, um, I think that women definitely focus on that a lot more. I think this generation than perhaps generations past because it's a lot more in your face. Pornography is a lot more mm. accepted. There's no hair. Like you... <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think so. And I just think also, again, like it's not just a, it's not just a question of, you know, putting water in the area. You have to rub it, you know, to get it clean. Would right. you agree, Laura? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. For sure. Not, yeah. not rigorous rubbing. No, no. Gentle, have, gentle, right. but yeah. Well, the same way a penis gets washed, That's an right. uncircumcised penis gets, gets washed, that you'd have to get into the folds. Yeah. Like you do when you uh, clean a baby, get clean a baby, for mm-hmm. example, after mm-hmm. a, a, a diaper change, right? Yeah. You you have to you have to get into the folds and clean yeah. between the folds. Yeah. So it's the same thing for uh, adult vaginas too. Five one four eight hundred. So we were talking about the things you shouldn't put in your uh, in your vagina that. Basically, things that really would affect your pH level, the natural, the naturalness of right. what your your vagina feels. But now there's all kinds of trends. So never mind the douches, which maybe were trends in our parents' a in mm-hmm. our parents' generation, and not so much here. Although they are still selling them and making women feel uh, self conscious about smell. I mean, this is the marketing, right? Yeah, that's why they smell. You know, Daisy Fresh and whatever else they want to call it. But now there's all kinds of other trends. There's uh, Gwyneth Paltrow has uh, suggested a few things, some of which has been completely discounted by the medical professions. And that is uh, one of them was jade eggs for your vagina. Yeah, I heard about that one. What the hell is that for? I don't know. I actually, I can't comment on it. Yeah, this is, well, because you wouldn't. This is not (laughs) what you would. This is really, according to the blog, the jade eggs harness the power of energy work, crystal healing, and a Kegel-like physical practice. They claim fans say regular use increases chi 
orgasms, vaginal muscle tone, hormonal balance, and feminine energy in general. The gynos say none of the doctors could respond to the non-medical claims like crystal no. healing no. or feminine I mean, energy. Just... Um, but they weren't impressed with its use as a Kegel, uh, weight either. So, uh, also how do you, um, anyway, the, the else is us for increasing your chi or giving you better orgasm. I think it's an expensive placebo. I would net this one gynecologist says I would never tell someone that the jade egg is effective. <laughs> yeah. No. How uh, much does that cost? Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of money. A lot of money. I'm pretty sure they can break too. Oh my! Well, they're well, and, and it's good. Harbor a lot of bacteria, yeah. dangerous, and and the whole thing with the Kegels. Um, a lot of women ask questions about putting things in, whether they're eggs or the balls, the Kegel the balls, balls, things that are and made different for things, them, right? Mm-hmm. And there's only a really specific population that would benefit from that. And in general, we're not looking to increase when when you read that out vaginal tone. It's like then you're just putting something inside the vagina and expecting to just grip and hold it all day. That's not right. really functionally what we're looking for with our muscles. We want them to learn to be elastic and flexible and work through a range of motion. So for right. them to be properly working, we want them to relax when they should throughout the day and we want them to contract when they're needed. Right. And so we put these eggs in or jade eggs or whatever kind of vaginal weights in and basically we're just gripping which right. many women have issues with holding a lot of stress and yeah. tightness there. I can and tell that you can what it leads you to have a lot of problems. Yeah. So if right, if you have to keep something in for hours and hours or all day long, could you imagine? Yeah. You, even if you try to exercise with a little bit of like holding holding on to your pelvic floor, what you're actually developing is abdominal muscles. Like that's what they teach you in Pilates and and in terms of abdominal muscles. Mm-hmm. But like you say, unless you're releasing, you have no clue that of that muscle working mm-hmm. at that point. You're just uh, you're sucking in your gut really, and, yeah. and that helps maybe with some of the the stomach toning. Or do you get questions a lot, um, Jackie, about vaginal lasers and things like that? I do actually, and I was patients were actually asking a lot of questions before I even fully knew what it was all about. But now we know a lot of more information about the uh, laser and it seems like it can be promising, like a it's an expensive promise, but yeah. it seems like it can be promising for women who are having trouble with certain skin conditions of the vulva, like lichen sclerosis. Um, it seems like it could be, so that's when, you know, the vaginal skin gets really thin and it can be really itchy and, and burn. Um, so it seems promising when it comes to that and nothing else has worked. It also seems promising for women who have vaginal dryness because it can sort of help increase the blood flow to the area. So there's definitely, I think that for women who, you know, are get very irritated with creams, um, it can be definitely a nice option. It's just that it's very expensive and not accessible to all women right. who can't necessarily afford it. But I think it's a very interesting new type of treatment. I'm wondering as as I'm listening, thinking men must think, man, women are complicated. Like all this complicated <laughs> stuff they have to deal with our junk seems to be more complicated than theirs not fair (laughs) uh the other thing is another trend is a vajacial 
Oh my! Yeah. I've never heard that term the, before. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like I think of a facial. What yeah. do they do for facials? They take up the pores, yeah. the cleansing, exfoliating. So apparently, this eliminates ingrown hairs and bumps by cleansing mm. and ex- exfoliating to clean uh, blocked pores. So the uh, no, I think we we need to think about different ways of hair removal. If you've got a lot of bumps because of hair removal, shouldn't you be thinking about a different form of hair removal if you keep getting yeah, you hairs? can get that from shaving or waxing. Um, and so other ways to, to get rid of hair would be, or like, if for example, the, the, what's that? No, if you're prone to like ingrown hairs, some people are. Yeah. So either just not shaving super close to the skin, but using like a clipper or a trimmer. Yes, a trimmer. Trim uh, would instead. help. Or mm-hmm. sometimes the hair removal creams like Nair, for example. Ah, even you'd though, put no, that there? No, I would not, but okay. some women do it in that area if they're prone to getting ingrown hairs. There is, you can. See, that's the trend, right? Is to, is to have nothing there rather than keeping it short and trim, which would eliminate, oh, you know, if people are worried about odors or anything like that, but just keeping them there mm-hmm. short and mm-hmm. not having to deal with all these ingrown hairs and things mm-hmm. like that and all the effects of, of shaving that area. Yeesh. Uh, have you heard of, what about uh, boric acid suppositories? Yeah, that's actually a treatment for, uh, well, it's not something that you should do. Uh, on your own? For no, not on your oh, own, but okay. it's not something that you should do for no reason. Uh, but boric acid is a treatment for bacterial vaginosis, especially, so which is an infection inside your bacterial infection in your vagina. So typically what we'll do is give a treatment that's a pill, but if the pill doesn't work, then boric acid is a good treatment for it. All right. Yeah. Uh, coming up with our vagina. Vagina Dialogues panel, when sex hurts, it often goes misdiagnosed, unfortunately. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Some of them are bold. Ah, the Vagina Dialogues tonight on the program. We welcome back Dr. Jacqueline Madar. We have fun uh, on and off air. Um, OBGYN at the Jewish General Hospital, Laura Schaefer, a pelvic floor physiotherapist who works out of Capino Physio and Wellness Center. I see a lot of women who come to me because of painful intercourse. They have pain. They just have vaginal pain. And many times I hear, I saw this doctor, I saw that doctor, I've been to, it's four years I've been going to doctor after doctor and nobody says there's anything wrong with me. It's in my head. They tell me it's in my head. Nobody has given me a diagnosis. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And how frustrating for these women because pain, pain is pain. It's real. You can't tell somebody your pain is in your head. It is real pain. But why is it that even gynecologists, like women will go to the doctor with this pelvic pain and they're told, can't find anything, sorry, just, you know. You know, I must say, and I'm very sorry to say that, it's really lack of education. And you would think that in a specialty where our care and focus is supposed to be all about women, um, sexuality and sexual pain is really something that is not touched upon a lot uh, at all. And I really only became familiar with it because I had a special interest in it. And I, you know, every chance that I could get when I was a resident, I did electives with... um, uh, physicians around Canada who are pelvic pain specialists. And then I went on to do extra training after my residency with someone who specialized in pelvic pain. But other than that, um, 
in a general, you know, in your general residency, you know, you learn the basics, how to care for pregnant women, how to deliver a baby, how to do surgery. But really, when it comes to the pain issues, it's really not something that anyways, where I did my training, it's really not something that I got enough of. And I think that it's something hopefully that needs to change over the years. But um, I, I hate to say it, but I think that when it comes to women, you know, some it's if a man, I think, was having a problem with pain with sex, then we would know about it right away. But mm. the amount of times that I encounter women who she comes to see me for a completely different reason. And as I'm doing a full, you know, questionnaire for my patient, I ask her if she has pain with sex. And like, what do you know? She does. And it's just so much more common than we think. But women just don't talk about it. And I think that's a huge reason also why there's not a lot of knowledge is because I think women are a lot more reluctant to talk about it than uh, maybe men are. Right. And feeling like they're yeah. not normal, feeling like, especially when you're told, by the way, when you're constantly told that mm-hmm. it's in your head, when you're told, I don't know, there's not, I don't see anything. I yeah. can't, I, there's nothing here. I, yeah. you know. Doctors are used to seeing something <laughs> visible mm-hmm. and treating us, treating something, something that visible. you can see visible, but it's all very abstract if it's something having to do with nerves, something, nerves mm-hmm. or something that you can't see, you know. And if the muscles haven't been properly assessed related to muscle tightness, spasm, maybe it's related to just some simple things like yeah. proper lubrication, positioning and just needing some education along sometimes, that. Sometimes yeah. it's related to that. It's oh. true. I have had the occasion where uh, it was a simple case of not lubricate, like just not, not having used lubrication and just a dry vagina. Mm-hmm. And then that's where it was from. And then you have the more serious cases of uh, a provoked, you know, vulvodynia yeah. and all the yeah. other, uh, the, the, the skin conditions, like all of these things need to be looked at and <clears throat> we need to be able to, to help these women who really do suffer. And, and yet they are like, until they find the right yeah. treatment, it's really difficult. So um, I think that sensitivity is important. I think it comes down to women just silently suffering all the time yeah. too and not yep. sharing information and yep. we need to be better because you'll run into these women that have been to four or five different specialists and no one's helped them. If they reached out a little bit and talked to friends or people in the community right. and learned there's other yeah. women very much the same dealing yeah. with these problems that may have found someone that helped them. Yeah. Well, that's we why to I help ta- each other. That's one of the reasons why I like to talk about this on mm-hmm. the air is to be able to reach people and say, you're not alone. Like this is a common, yeah. this is a common problem yeah. and you are not alone in this. And this is why in this panel, we work as a dis- multidisciplinary team. I can see somebody psychologically, send them over to <clears throat> Jackie. Yeah. Who does, you know, who will assess them by looking at them, who then sends it to Laura to work directly into in, in the vagina. And then we work concurrently dealing with trauma and you can deal directly with the physical. So it is a multidisciplinary uh, approach. Absolutely. Uh, here's a question. I experienced pain <clears throat> and bloating during sex, even with lubricant. And I'm not quite sure what it can be due to. Any advice? What, what's the bloating during sex? Well, where is the bloating is the question. Is it pressure in the vagina? Is it more abdominal pressure? I would wonder, right? Yeah. And the thing too is um, the what a lot of people don't know is the vaginal muscles are related to your abdominal muscles. And a lot of women, when their vaginal muscles are actually tight and in spasm from sex, they actually feel referred pain in their abdomen. Ah. So it could be from that, like perhaps the, and Laura, I'm sure could speak to that, but when the pelvic floor muscles are tight or when they're in spasm, 
Um, it definitely, definitely can cause them. Like women will come to the doctor and say, I have abdominal pain, but when you go and you feel their muscles, actually when you touch the muscles in the vagina, it actually reproduces their abdominal pain. So I'm wondering if that's what the reason is. So would this person be well advised to see a a pelvic floor physiotherapist? Yeah, for sure. sure. I mean, it could be something with pressure and bulging too, or or however she described it, um, related to maybe a prolapse, something not fitting in the right So, you know, the first step is, of course, getting a proper diagnosis yeah. and, uh, and and so having it looked at. So you uh, you can contact and ask for the pelvic floor physiotherapist at Capino Physio and Wellness Center. I'll give you the number here. It's 514-684-9073. Although Laura will be on mat leave or starting mat leave today, mm-hmm. uh, there will be uh, Very an excellent, wonderful right, wonderful people, other excellent uh, pelvic floor physiotherapists available. And then this person says, uh, is your guest strictly a vaginal pain specialist or equally deals with the bladder and other vaginal issues as well? And how can she be reached? So you deal with other I other do, stuff. yeah. The bladder, not so much. I'm not a urogynecologist, so no prolapse and incontinence type things. Okay. But mainly, you know, pain, heavy periods, fibroids, cysts. That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. The way to get to Dr. Jacqueline Madar, though, is to go through your doctor and get a referral because she Correct. is a specialist, not just a, a general wellness care, whatever gynecologist, but, a, you know, the end of the road when you need somebody for your pain. Uh, so get a referral from your doctor. Uh, that's it for us. Thank you so much. Thanks, ladies, for being Thank here. You. Thank and you, Laurie. It's we, good to be it's back. It's always great to have you. And we wish you luck with the birth. Thank and, uh, you. And next time you just bring the baby. Yep, sure. That's all. <laughs> we can't all wait. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, thank you to our technical producer, uh, Dave Simon. Thanks to all of you for uh, sending in your texts. You can get in touch with me through my website to drlaurie.com, and you can send me questions throughout the week as well. Coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.